podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Kane, good area for Spurs, and Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! We will try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh wow, what a run! Yemin Son, from inside his own half, has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Welcome back to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. This week we got a Tottenham v Man City special, so the, the script has been flipped. We've got two Man City fans with us today, but of course, before we get into that, I want to introduce some of our usual usual um, guests or hosts or co-hosts, should I say. Uh, Sai, what are you doing? What are you saying? Sorry. Why Good, man. Happy PlayStation yeah. 5 day. For yeah, PS5 day. Yeah. Hands up if you've got PS5. Too much of a loyalist to Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I sorry. Like I snaked Xbox. Sorry, it's time. 15 years, I've done my bid, man. It's time to move on. Uh, <laughs> Tops, what are you saying? Not much, man. Not much. Happy to be on again. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no here, doctor man. emergencies this week. No, not this week, bro. Not this ah, week, bro. Okay, it's a quiet cool. one for Just... me. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, what are you saying? Yeah, I mean, I've missed the last few weeks. I've been a busy boy, but I'm very happy to be back for this special. Yeah, you parked, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, let me let me even touch on our two guests. So let me introduce Rose first. Rose, how are you? What are you saying? I see you come in your Man City colours, so... <laughs> What are you doing? What are you saying? No, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to talk Spurs v City because it's never positive when when we when I normally talk Spurs v City, but I got a spring in my step this week, so <laughs> I wonder yeah. why that is. Steve, what are you saying? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, you? Yeah. I, I, I know, obviously, you were buzzing as soon as you heard that news of Pep Guardiola, but of course, you're going to remind us that you knew about that weeks in advance, weeks in advance, but it's good to yeah, see. Yeah, I've got... I got over that a long time ago, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just waiting yeah. for Messi now. Just waiting for Messi. <laughs> you know, I heard it, yeah? Messi, Messi. This guy's claiming Messi's going to join next season. You know what? It's actually a possibility. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's, a, it's a possibility. But I think that Pep contract here is the best place to start with us because obviously we know Spurs are playing Man City this week. So today's pod is going to be solely dedicated to Spurs v Man City. So the first thing we want to talk about is the managerial matchup. So... First of all, um, this is a question for both you and Rose. Was there any actual fear from you lot's side that Pep was actually going to leave this season? And what do you, what, what's, what's your expectation for Pep this season? Um, as far as the fear was going, for me, no. I didn't think um, he was going to leave. I've just always had it in my mind, looking at him, that he's happy here. It's different for him here. Um, all the interviews coming out of the club... He was saying he was happy and 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 I know from people in the club that he's building some for further down the line. All the academy teams are playing the same way. Um, he's talking about players like under 16, under 17 that he likes. So if you're planning on leaving, would he go that deep? 
I don't think so. And I just think he's got unfinished business. You know, what he's done in England, he's really good. Um, he's a hero at Man City. He's a god. Um, he can get away with murder there. But, you know, the rest of the world and the media are always going to whip him with the Champions League stick. And we all know what happens in the Champions League. He, he, something just goes wrong and he just never quite raises to the challenge with City. But, you know, he's got unfinished business. And when Lionel comes and joins him, you know, it's all systems go. It's funny that you mentioned that something always goes wrong because you don't want to state the obvious, Steve. You don't want to state the fact that a certain manager likes to overthink and likes to overcomplicate. You don't want to mention that, bro. No, it, 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 listen, you can say that, but at the end of the day, he's got two Champions Leagues under the belt, yeah? These managers yeah. out there who have yeah, been, been going for years. Yeah, but been going for years and they, they've not got it. At the end of the day, yeah, he probably does overthink it. That Leon thing was inexcusable for me, but at a club like City that have only been in the Champions League, league probably 11, 12 years, he's going to get away with it here. If he was at a, a someone that was like Bayern Munich or if he was back at Barcelona, would he get away with it there? Probably not. Rose, um, I know Steve's obviously covered off like whether he thought Pep was going to leave, but what's your like? What realistically, what is your expectations for Pep this season? Like, what constitutes as a good season for Pep this year? <sighs> Everyone's going to say the Champions League, but I just feel like this season, especially with everything that Pep's like gone through this year, you know, with his mum, his mum passing to COVID, and you know, him grieving, I just feel like he's going to be given more time. And that explains the new um, two-year um, contract. I feel like they're just trying to take that pressure off him, especially the owners. And it just shows that they're just willing to give him all the time that he needs. Um, do I expect City to win something this season? Maybe an FA Cup, maybe a League Cup. I don't really see us winning the league or, or the Champions League this season. I just feel like... We're not ready and, you know, the injuries to Aguero, Fernandinho, I'm hoping, however, that they're back um, when, once like once we get to the last 16. But it's just not the same City side, is it? Um, we need we need another striker, in my opinion, and we need another um, defensive midfielder, in my opinion. So mm. a good season for Pep. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's going to have the best season. Um, I think we'll probably just win, you know, maybe an FA Cup or a Kylin Cup. That's mm. why. So, Tops, I'm going to come to you on this because obviously Pep Guardiola now, like a lot of people incorrectly um, brandish him as a checkbook manager. But when you look at him black and white, less black and white, not like adding context into it, the guy does tend to spend quite a lot of money. Players, players, players. This summer, he's brought in a £65 million centre-back, a £40 million centre-back, a twenty million pound winger. Um, I can't even remember who else you got signed this summer as well. But it, it, it seems as if, obviously, Rose is saying that he's not going to win. He's not really going to win much this season. But do you think that he has more to prove than, say, Jose Mourinho, his 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 opposition this weekend? Like, <clears throat> like my my take on on Pep is a funny one because. I've always thought he's probably been like in the top sort of, you know, percentage of elite managers. Um, I feel like what he did when he was at Barca and when he did it at Bayern, very, very reputable. And actually he's probably earned the right to be named as like an elite manager. But I do feel that something, well, actually, apart from the season where they, you know, they got more than 100 points and won the league. I thought City were unstoppable. I, I actually felt City were at a level that no no team I've ever seen in my lifetime basically reached. But I, hear that. I almost feel like right now it really is Champions League or bust. And I know we did speak about these games where he has somewhat overthought and made sort of silly decisions in terms of personnel and tactics. But the kind of club that City are now, they are, you know, they're a top side, they're a top European side. Teams don't really want to play them. Um, they're always going to be in and around the top sort of areas in the Premier League. So you'd kind of be thinking that if you've won, if you've won a couple of Premier Leagues, a fair amount of domestic sort of um, titles, the next level really would be the Champions League. And for some reason, that hasn't materialised. 
I think it's also kind of difficult to kind of put him in like a comparison to Mourinho because Mourinho is a very he's a very unique manager. He he won his Champions Leagues at a time where football was kind of different. Under Porto, it was very pragmatic. Under um, Inter, it was whilst it was largely largely attacking football, it was a system that worked with the players that seemed to play perfectly at the time. So to be able to compare the two, uh, it's a bit difficult. Like this this term, checkbook manager, uh, <laughs> it's. Do you know it's what? Like it doesn't doesn't help. It doesn't help because he spent a lot of money and it just happens to be that the, the two times that he's won the most elusive championships have been with Messi. Uh, or oh well, the Champions Leagues that he's won, they have been with Messi. So I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but you can't really ignore like the amount of money that he spent. I mean, like I think over his time at City, he spent something like more than 250 million on like fullbacks. Uh, to me, that's remarkable. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't, do you know what? I used to call him a fraud. I know it sounds crazy. I used to call I'm him a fraud. I'm sorry, we, we're not going to have the F word branded. Exactly, the exactly. F, the F and word then, and Pep Guardiola are not going to correct As I said, like when, when, he, when he had that City season where they won the league more than hundred points, I pulled back from that point and I was like, you know what? He's improved the players. They're playing a brilliant side of football. But I do think that there's just something missing, a little bit missing now with the Champions League. And I feel like unless he gets that monkey off his back, it's always going to be, was he as good as he could have been at City? But I suppose this new two-year contract as well, he's got time to do it, probably more money to spend. Um, mm. I'm going to come I'm going to come to you next, Si, on this because... I want to, because I know we've spoken about Pep a lot and I do agree he's not a fraud generally, but I do think there's a little bit of fraudulence in, in Europe. I'm not going to lie to you. I think there's a, there's a little bit of fraudulence, maybe more than a little. I'm, 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 I'm downplaying it. It's more than a little, but I don't want to talk about Pep now. I want to talk about Mourinho because Mourinho is the one that's going to have to set up his team against Pep Guardiola this weekend. What do you think is... Uh, like? What I'm trying to get at is who has the harder task this season? Because Pep Guardiola, by all accounts, everyone expects Man City to challenge for the title. Jose Mourinho, by all accounts, is sort of last chance saloon at Spurs to try and make, to try and show people that he's not dusted. Who do you think, like, when you have to weigh up what both managers have to sort of contend with this season, who's got it harder? I think they're both in the same position to be perfectly honest, uh, on, on different en- ends of the spectrum. I think because we're trying to ascend to a point where we're actually putting silverware in the cabinet um, and he comes with such an illustrious resume, I think the expectation is sort of uh, minimal on him in, in terms of Mourinho. Um, I know people like to ham it up a bit and say, oh, he has to win something. No, he doesn't. He's got nothing to prove in his career other than other than his sort of victory lap, if you will. If he does well at Spurs, he gets another big job. He rides off into the sunlight as the special one all over again. Whereas Pep, for me, he's achieved all there is to achieve in the game. And as, as Steve mentioned, he's a god at City. Nothing he does at City is going to temper his reputation. Nothing he does there is really going to prove anything different than what we already know he's the best manager in the world for maybe the last decade there's no dispute to that um I think the only the only issue with Pep is the fact that similar to Mourinho his his teams usually go in like these three-year cycles um he established a, a style of football in his first two years quite quite slowly and methodically but then as soon as it hit it bred results. Do you get what I mean? So, I think I think that that similarly to Mourinho is one of the gifts and the curse of him. He can walk into your club and make you successful, but once the players get used to his ideology, once they get used to winning, where does the fire come from? And I think this is this is one of the more unique challenges for him that I think he's had over the course of his career 
it's going through that rebuild of a squad, which we've never seen them do. So exactly. I don't think there's any any additional pressure. I just think it's it's a unique opportunity for both of them to prove their worth in a slightly different way than what we're used to seeing. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And I think I wanna I wanna sort of move on from the managers now onto um onto the defence, because I want to split it by defence, midfield, attack, and then we can actually talk about sort of like predicted scoreline. So we we both know that um, this weekend, we, we can pretty much just understand what systems each side are going to play. But I'm just looking at the defensive record over the last couple, last five games specifically. Man City, three goals conceded in the last five games, two clean sheets. Um, we've conceded five goals in our last five games, two clean sheets. Um, but we out of those two clean sheets, um, they've both been kept in the last three matches. Ever since, pretty much ever since that three-three draw, we've kept two out of three clean sheets. So it seems that there's been a slight improvement in both sides' defense. But I, I'm just looking at it in the sense of which defense is going to be tested the most, or better yet, which defense is going to perform well the most. And I wanted to get you lots. I say you lots. The city, the citizens. I wanted to get your verdict on what your sort of new look defense feels like from your end like are you are you happy with Cancelo at left back are you happy with with um with that Laporte and um Ruben Diaz partnership as well like do you feel a lot more comfortable in your defense this season um to be honest um the left back position's been a problem it's been a problem since Pep came um when you're talking about spending money and that before he had to spend money because we had Zabaleta and Clichy that were leaving. So he's got to replace him. So at the end of the day, he's Pep Guardiola. He ain't going to go out and buy a fullback for four million. He's going to get the best fullback. And the best fullback at the time was Mende and the other one was Walker. So he bought the best. So let's not diss him about spending money. He had to spend money. Anyway, Mende, obviously, he's not around. Cancelo was coming at left back this year. He's done really well, to be honest. I can't fault him. Um, our defence at the minute, it's it's anybody's guess. Um, Diaz has come in. Um, what I'm being told off the off the, off the guys there at the club, he's a bit of a leader and he's got a bit of a voice and he's you know he's settled in well. And looking at him, he does. To be honest, he does look the part. Kyle Walker's having a great season. Um, he's whether the Cancelo coming in and he thought maybe he'd take the right back spot. I don't know, but Walker, he's having a good season. Don't get me wrong, but he has done some stupid things with him. I'm about to say this. This is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, but we're, like two we're used to that. We're used yeah, to that. Oh, no, he, he's, do you know what? But he's had a really good season. But I've said it before on, on, on other shows with Tobin that we're in a transitional period here. Um, it's going to take a few games for him to get going. Um, in my opinion, they've not done too bad. Do I feel a little bit more confident with Diaz in there? Of course I do. Garcia, we all know he's got his heart set on Barcelona. Would he be anywhere near the team for me? Nope. If you want to play for Barcelona, then get the move done. And then, I mean, the best the back, best back four is the back four he's going to play this week. Um, Zinchenko, no, he's not for me. So if you're asking me, I think what we've got on the table for the game is the best we've got. And I think we've just got to roll with it and hope it gels and hope it works. Mm. So, Owen, I'm going to come to you next on this. So, um, whereas Steve has just assessed their back line, our predicted back line for this weekend, obviously Sergio, Dyer. Alderweireld and um, it looks like it's going to be Sergio because Doherty's in Doherty's injured. Uh, what do you feel like that? Do you feel like that? I'm even laughing saying it. Do you think that that defense can hold up against that that Man City attack? I think as a team, um, generally this season, we've been very very good at stopping the opposition from creating chances from open play. So this is as a team, not even just as a back four. Obviously, we've been toying with different centre-back partnerships. Um, Sanchez doesn't look like he's going to get into the team, even though I feel like this is a kind of game which would suit him. Um, we're going to have to defend deep and kind of expose City's weakness in terms of them. Like, their weakness isn't so much us, where us, I'd say, is probably defending set pieces, which we look to have tightened up a bit on. Where cities is more defending the quick transitions, which seem to suit us down to the ground. Um, yeah, as long as we kind of defend deeper, which we're going to have to do because Dia and Toby or the Vireworld will probably look to play and they're not exactly the quickest. 
Je yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to stop getting behind and offer protection to potential and hopefully not individual mistakes, because that would be the only thing I feel would like would let us down in terms of how how City will tend to try and see open us up from open play. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I have a funny feeling VAR is going to have a huge influence. Steve's best um, friend. James, it, <laughs> Steve's best friend. When it comes to us, he thinks that we always get the... An the, individual the, mistake of VAR. Yeah. <laughs> but I am quite confident, or quietly confident, that we can um, stop a lot of, kind of City's attack from open play. I mean... I was actually very impressed with how well um, City exerted a lot of control over Liverpool in their last game. Like I, I didn't expect it at all, but they seem yeah. to be lacking a bit of potency at the moment. Like Sterling was, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't great. He, he kind of looked like he was off it a bit. Uh, Ferran Torres, I haven't seen him against a kind of team as vast stature in the league just yet, but he looks to be really good. I fear him. I don't know if Aguero is going to be back, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so bros, I wanted to come. I wanted to to come to you on this as well, and this one's just a, a left field one because I feel like I, I need a good laugh. But like, when did when did Eric Garcia all of a sudden become this this brilliant centre back that um, Barcelona were fighting two for nil for? Like, whenever I've watched him, the guy's been painfully average or bad like where's the hype come from that all of a sudden he's a centre-back that's good enough to play for Barcelona I don't know where that hype's come from um <laughs> I'm I'm not really a fan of him and um, the fact that he doesn't want to play for this club I just don't see why he wasn't let go um when I have seen him play he he does make some rash decisions so honestly I just don't get it like I honestly I don't understand where the hype's coming from <laughs> uh, um, we're gonna. Start, I want. I want to stay on you as well because we want to talk about midfield, and I want to do sort of like a our midfield versus your midfield. So I want to ask um, the midfield trio for this game: Who are you picking currently from what you've got available, and why? Okay, so from what we've got available, I'm gonna go with um, Gundwan. Rodri and De Bruyne. I would obviously go for Fernandinho, but obviously he's injured and. Bernardo Silva is a bit hot and cold. So I feel like what we do have left is Gundogan, um, Rodri, De Bruyne and Foden. But I feel like Pep is going to be cautious. Um, he's not going to go with Foden. Um, he's, not going to, he's not going to start Foden, I, I don't think. I think he's going to play it cautious because Spurs literally, like just that trio, that trio of um, Bale, Kane and um, Son literally they can turn a game on its head so um, we have to keep that ball we have to keep the ball at all times I mean even last season um, that masterclass when they um, when you guys beat us 2-0 um, I think wait in the last two matches um, you haven't like you've beat no you've beaten us away so we, yeah so, we, um, no, so we, we drew at we drew at your ground last yeah, year and yeah. then we beat you at home yeah, and like, I think you had you had like you had like five shots on target. Yeah, ridiculous scumbag result. All of them so, went in. It's, it's insane. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you guys are just clinical when you have the ball, and I feel like this season, um, I think Spurs have improved. So I'm even more worried. Um, so yeah, we we've got to keep the ball. We we can't let you have the ball because anyhow, Spurs score first. I think it's going to be a, a long a long match for us. So we just got two yeah. Yeah, no, that's 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 fair enough. But I just I, I just what do, so like Sai and Sire tops. What do you think of sort of the Rodri and Rodri and Goodigan playing in the same midfield? Because I, whenever I see them two playing together, I like Rodri, but I think at best he's a decent defensive midfielder. And I think whilst Gundogan is a good midfielder, I just think for these sort of high pressure games, he seems to hide. And I just think playing them together, it doesn't really work for me. What, what's your lot's take on, on those two playing against our midfield? And who would you start in our midfield? Like who, who gets the nod for this game? Because you saw La Celso ball out in midweek for Argentina. But mm. Soko has been the one that's been playing recently as well. Um, who we, we know that Ndombele is going to start. And we know that um, Pierre-Emil Hoybier is going to start. So really and truly, it's just that, that right-sided midfielder slot. So who, in your opinion, should start this game? Well, 
uh, I, I've, I've just given up giving my opinion on on who should start. I know who's going to be on that team sheet, and it's going to be Sissoko. Yep. Funnily enough, he's had a couple of good games against Man City. Um, but yeah, we're 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 not holding on to the ball at all. Um, we'll have like thirty-two percent possession in this game without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and we are gonna we are gonna struggle to create anything from the midfield. But as as we've seen over the course of the season, when Kane drops into the hole, things happen. So I've got a feeling that we'll we'll have that trio on the right hand side of Sizoko, Aurier, and Lucas. I know I'm going ahead because we will get to attack, but Lucas will be the player that's on that right-hand side because mm. we just need energy and we need a bit of pace and a little bit of sort of... We need to cheat the system a little bit because mm. we're not playing through midfield in this game. No way, no how. Yeah, but you, you know what it is, you know though? I'm not... I'm not, I don't know whether... Because the thing is, I still think City are a, a fearsome side, but I just feel like you've seen the likes of Leeds get at them. When, when they went to Elland Road. You've seen Wolves, even though City just dominated that first half, the second half, Wolves were completely all over them like a rash. Surely with the players that we have available, with Man City somewhat weakened this season, surely Mourinho has to be a bit more positive in his game plan, or do you think that do you think that the counter-approach is the best game plan? It's, it's and, the way he coaches us. Ultimately, we're not, we're not a possession-based team, so. We're going to play on the counter regardless of who it is. We only ever really maintain possession to stifle opposition or kill a game. We don't really build when we have a lot of the ball. So, yeah, man, we're going to set up the same way we always set up, looking for a break. Yeah, I think it's a formality. Like even, I mean, setting up for the counter was serious anyway, but what's been quite obvious to me, especially in recent weeks this season, is that I find, well, from observing I find it's quite hard for teams to be proactive for most of the game like most teams just seem to gas out by the second half Mourinho will probably be aware of that especially after the international break where players are coming from here there and everywhere um, it's funny that you mentioned the Celso as well Toby because I, I had a sneaky feeling I was um, thinking about the lineups earlier and trying to get Mourinho's head a little bit well, I think it's going to be a formality that Huibier and Sissoko start, and Sissoko is to patrol the right side. I feel like he could be tempted to start the Celso, especially seeing um, the role he played for Argentina, just covering that kind of left-hand space, kind of trying to epitomise that performance which he had against Everton, where he just ran the show but he was ultimately doing the dog work as well. We know Kevin De Bruyne likes to hang out on their kind of right side as well. Mm-hmm. So Le Celso could be placed to kind of do a job there for a while and then bring Ndombele on once uh, City perhaps tire in the second half. You know what, Steve? I'm going to so I'm gonna come to you next on this. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, it's a weird one because... By his standards, I don't think he's been that good this season. But the guy is still like he's not. He's been he's been relative. He's been probably like a five out of ten, and he's already got like seven assists and a goal in like ten appearances for Man City this season. I'm really interested to see the battle between him and Hoybier. Um, but what do you think? Do you think that like he should be starting with? As you call him, the, what is it? Stockport Iniesta, isn't that what you call Phil Foden? Yeah, Stockport yeah. Iniesta. Holden, yeah. <laughs> Stockport Iniesta, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like I, I, I know what Rose said was right about him, about Pep maybe being a bit conservative because of the threat that we carry in our attack. But I would have thought that maybe this is the type of game to play Phil, um, Phil Foden and Kevin De Bruyne. What do you think? Well. If you look at the seasons under Pep, when we've dominated, we've had Kevin De Bruyne. He's been in there with uh, Bernardo Silva or David Silva, and he's always been one holding midfielder in there. This season, he's, he's persistently playing Rodri and Gundogan. Now, it doesn't complement De Bruyne because, it, you know, the, no disrespect, they're not on his wavelength. Uh, part of our flowing football was a little pass inside of Silva, a little space, a couple of one-twos, Bernardo or De Bruyne or David, and then we're away. So you're taking away one of De Bruyne's main tools, you're taking away another creative mind in there and you're putting in two grafters. So when you're saying he's not up to speed this season, I agree. 
But what he's doing is he's carrying more of the responsibility on his shoulders, so he's no one out to offset it with. But yeah. Gundogan, like you said before, you know, I've spoke to you about him before. He does go missing in games. I just got a feeling that Bernardo Silva will start. I think he'll start Bernardo and De Bruyne and he'll put Rodri uh, holding. And I think if he does that, then that shows a bit of positivity for us. And I think... Um, yeah, I think De Bruyne plays better with, when he's with um, Bernardo. But it's mm. the same thing. You've got to get that momentum. He keeps starting it, and then you think, oh, we're playing well here. And then the next game, he goes back to Gundogan, and then he'll do Gundogan again. And then the next game, he might play Bernardo or Fold, and then you think, oh, we're doing all right. Then he, But, you know, it's just Pep might be Pep's overthinking mind again. You don't know, do you? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um it's, it's it's an interesting topic to be honest. I, I, to be honest, I don't know where Gundogan's state of mind is after he just got tonked six 0 by like a below average Spain team. His head's still probably where did they play in Catalonia or wherever it is. His head his head's still somewhere in Spain. So I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's in the right mind frame to play to no. play this weekend. But tops, I'm going to come to you because there's one midfielder that we haven't mentioned, and he's probably been our second most consistent midfielder after Hoy joint or second most consistent midfielder after Hoivier this season. So in Dumbele, we've been talking redemption season, redemption season. What are you yeah. what are your expectations for in Dumbele in this match? Because he's unbeaten against Man City, ain't he? He's played Yeah, he is. Mm. he is, you know. Uh, even back to his little unbeaten record there. In, uh, in Leon, <laughs> he seems to perform at quite a high level um, against City. Uh, even last season as well, he came on for a bit of a cameo. And um him specifically giving Rodri little bit of a run around and obviously yeah. the assist <laughs> or Son's goal as well. Like, um, I feel like he's been massively improved this season. Um, as we've always, as us guys anyway, on this point, I've always largely thought that our stocks have been heavy and heavy into Ndombele. We've always known that there's been a player there. Um, maybe not his application and his conditioning have been at their best, but obviously as the season's progressed, you know, he has performed at better and better level. Um, in this type of game, I feel uh, they will probably go with um, Sissoko and Hoiberg, which I assume will then push him probably into more of a uh, of a ten kind of role. What which... do you think you've been playing this ten role? Because I don't know about I'm... you, and this is this is you you, um, you citizens, you can get involved as well. But um, what do you not think of Ndombele playing as that number ten role? Because personally, I feel like he's playing far too high. You get the best out of Ndombele when you have him in the centre of the pitch to to beat press to, or to beat the presses, sorry, and split defences from deep uh, uh, and carry the ball. I don't I don't like him being stuck up there and then we're struggling to build from the middle. So I just wanted to ask, what, what's your lot's take on him playing as this number ten? I think I think it's a symptom of Jose basically just again trying to prove a bit of a point. He's still trying to leave that like little bit of doubt. So when he does eventually drop him for Lacelso, he has an out. He's gonna say, oh cool, like Sneaky he can't basket. create further forward. Like it's it's is it's one of those sort of uh underhanded tactics. That's the way I view it anyway. Um as you said he's he's better when he drives forward from deep and when he's able to see more of the pitch, be closer to the halfway line and just spray the ball left, right and center. Um, so yeah, I, I would prefer us to play with a single pivot, two guys flanking, but then the problem with that is Sizoko doesn't like to receive the ball. So I think we sort of shift the guy further forward. So there's a more direct outlet, but it does pretty much kill a lot of our momentum building attacks mm. through midfield. So it's cutting off your nose to spite your face realistically. Mm. What do you think, um, outside shot of, um, and this is probably to you, Owen, as well as Sai, what's, what's the possibility of Harry Wink starting? Because obviously he made some com- he made some comments midweek about how he needs to be playing regularly to get into the England squad and whatnot. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's your take on, on him and whether he could be involved in this match? I don't think he's done enough to start yet. I don't think this is the kind of game for him. You- you're waxing lyrical about his assist. If you his beautiful assist, <laughs> his assist where he's lifting the signature sideways pass, 
and he's beat like two players and slapped it by the corner. Oh, do you know what? Everyone's claiming the assist for Harry Kane for one of those goals as well. <laughs> like that was a better assist than Harry's, at least. So for, for both Harry's. Um I don't, I don't think it's the game for him. I think maybe um it's actually hard to say because he actually did play well when we last beat City and obviously played a key role in obviously helping us keep the ball, got Sinchenko sent off. And he is looking to, from what I can see from his more recent performances, adapt his game a bit more to be more forward thinking. But I don't know. I just don't think Mourinho, he's done enough for Mourinho to trust him in this high level of a game just yet. But, you know, I I don't even know. I feel like both managers are going to come in with a sense of trying to spring an element of surprise. Mm. And I think think the best, the most sort of contentious like part of this game is definitely going to be in the attack for me because I feel like in Man City, if if Jesus and Sterling are fit, they're going to start. Same with us. If Son and, Son and Kane are available, they're going to play as well. But it's about who is playing on the right side for both sides. So first of all, I actually wanted to, before we even get onto that, I want to talk about Sterling versus Son. I want to get you lot's opinions on this debate because... <laughs> we had a couple. We had a we had a podcast a couple of weeks ago about whether Sun's world class, and I think there was a large opinion in the fact that he wasn't, but he's on his way to it. So, you Man City fans, what's your opinion on Raheem Sterling? Then is he a world class winger for you? And do you think he's better than Sun? Rose can go first if she wants on that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think Sterling's world class. I do. Um, he's not had the best season so far, but like, just if you look at what he's done, you know, last season and the season before, I think he's done enough to be, you know, recognised as a world class player, in my opinion. So, yeah. Okay, and you think he's better than Son? <sighs> do you know what? I think Son is an exceptional player, but I still feel like. Raheem just has that little bit of edge above um, Son. Um, if Son carries on, he's going to be obviously just as good, but I would still go with Sterling over Son. What's fair to say is I think maybe Son probably has more strings to his bow in terms of just what he can pull out of his locker. However, I feel like Sterling is more effective on a much more consistent basis. Yeah. Mm. That's he does deserve to be called world class in that respect. Steve? Yeah, Sterling. I mean, if you look at the Raheem Sterling we signed and you look at the Raheem Sterling now, it's a massive difference. I mean, Pep, credit to him. I mean, the Sterling we got from Liverpool was a bit rough around the edges. He, he, he's struggling to finish. He maybe was a bit flash. But now if you look at him, he's added a lot to his game. You know, you see him tracking back. You see him going a little bit more direct. Um, He did miss some chances when he first came and then Pep, I think, made him relax a little bit more. And you can see it with him, you know, he's scoring goals and he's finishing and he's he's winning big games. He's winning trophies. So, yeah, he's a world-class player for me. I do like Son. I do like him. I think he's a great player. I'd take him at City. I think anyone would take him. He's 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 an honest professional as well. He he plays the game right and um, he's a great player. Uh, but first of all, I'd take him because he sells 10 million shirts. Last time I went to Tottenham, I couldn't get anywhere near the away end for all the Koreans offering me £500. Leave it out. Leave it out. We need the money more, man. Let us keep the pennies. You're, you're so right. It's crazy. They need it. FFP, though, don't they? So. I've never seen anything like it in my life. If you sell him, you'll be bankrupt because he's keeping you afloat. I'm telling you now. <laughs> It's crazy. Every time, every time, every home game, there's always a bag of a bag of um, Korean fans. Always, without fail. Um, <laughs> I love how he basically just said the K-pop fans are basically paying Bale's wages. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they were in front of me in the away end. They got they bought tickets off Man City fans for 150 quid. They were in front of me in the away end, and they pulled a banner out saying "We love you, son." And half of Manchester was going to lynch him, and the stewards had to throw him out. Uh, Diehard Spurs they were, fans. Diehard Spurs fans. You don't see that, see. <laughs> telling you, man. Telling you. I wanna, I wanna talk about um, before we get onto the Aguero v Kane debate. I wanna talk about the right side as well because I feel like, I feel like for both our sides, we've not had, we've not had the firmly established sort of right wing option. Like I feel like 
Man City, you've got Riyad Mahrez, but by all accounts, oh, by all accounts, he's playing like an absolute slap ass this season. And yeah. <laughs> I think I'm even being kind calling him a slap ass. He's been awful. Um, and then I think on our side, you've got Gareth Bell, who's literally played like eight games this year and he's just trying to work his way back to fitness. So the right side for both of us is sort of up in the air right now. So I just want to see like you lot's opinion on, for starters, from a Man City perspective, who starts Ferran Torres or Riyad Mahrez? And for Spurs, Gareth Bell, does he start this game or are you looking to play someone like Lamella or Lucas? Because I, I know some of you lot in here, I'm not going to name names, but I know some people, some people prop up the Lamella propaganda for these type of matches. So I'm just putting the question out there. So who wants I to think go we'll, I think we'll play, I think we will play Torres. I mean, he got that trick against uh, Germany the other night. Um, yeah, it was good. great to see Leroy Sani's face as well after that game, you know. <laughs> The new new kid on the block replaced him. Um, but yeah, I think we'll play Torres. Like you say, Mahrez has not been playing well. He's knocking about with his new bird from the Housewives of Cheshire all the time and all that. So <laughs> I think he's busy. Um, but yeah, Torres, he's in form. You know, you've got to play him. And listen, if Sterling doesn't make it, you could have Foden on one side, Torres on the other. They're both scoring on international level. So we could be confident. But I'd go with Torres, me personally. Mm. Lads. Bale, Bale, I'm worried about Bale because you know what Bale's got in his locker and, and, and you know, if he's getting a bit of love at Spurs and he's getting that feeling back and he's liking his football again, you know, that's dangerous for anyone. So, I mean, I wish him the best, to be honest. Just don't do it against us. <laughs> Rose? Yeah, no, I agree. 100% I agree with Steve. Um, I'm hoping that um, Pep goes with Torres. Um, you can see he's in form. Um, in the Champions League, he scored in all of our Champions League matches. So I'm just hoping that, you know, he can bring those goals to the Premier League as well. And yeah, like, I'm just hoping he starts. Um, in terms of Gareth Bell, I haven't really seen much of Gareth Bell this season, obviously. He's just joined um, Spurs. But like Steve said, like, he has so much, like, in his locker. Like, we know who Gareth, like we know Gareth Bell like he can just literally change a match just like that and like Steve said I'm just hoping that like this weekend is not the weekend that he he just you know shows us what what he's capable of doing so I'm just hoping he has a bit of an off game because he he in particular worries me because he can do something out of out of the ordinary against us. Mm. Before, before I get on to you, Tops, as well, I'm not sure if you've not seen that photo, but someone put out a tweet saying, oh, Gareth Bell has tested positive for being the best right winger in the league. And then a cheeky Arsenal fan quote tweeted it saying, thankfully, he's not showing any symptoms. <laughs> it, <laughs> it killed me, but it really made me, it, it triggered me because we still haven't seen the best out of Gareth Bell this season. So, Tops, I'm coming uh, to you on this now. Yeah, no, we haven't. We haven't seen the best out of him. But, again... Like, this is someone who, you know, hasn't consistently played um, regular high-level football for quite a long time. Um, he's obviously had his injury problems in the last year or so. But the one thing that we've always said as well is that it's good to see him, like, playing again. It's good to see him happy. It looks like, you know, with the people around him, uh, Ben Davies, um, our new signing, Rodon, that these are guys that are kind of, making him sort of feel comfortable about play, about being in a football club where he's kind of mm -hmm. um he can get this feeling of, of being positive again. Do you start him like, do you start him this weekend? This weekend I wouldn't start him. Um I you know what I watched I watched him uh yesterday or the day before uh, for he, Wales Ireland. and he played mm -hmm. and he and he played again he, he played like 60 or 70 minutes and he played quite well. <laughs> um he got the assist for Harry Wilson one of Harry Wilson's goals mm -hmm. and he had a number of chances so he seems to be getting back to what he he's capable of, but I feel like this weekend, you know, we we can expect City to have a lot of the ball. We can expect um, a lot of the possession to be in our half. So I would assume, as the pragmatist Mourinho is, he'd probably go with a Lucas. Um, Going ahead, City. Just yeah. just to work <laughs> and just to work and hassle and <laughs> give support to that right side with Ori with Poria and Sissoko. And, you know, again, as we saw against like Brighton, it is good to be able to have the kind of quality like Bale to come on 
if possible, to you know be able to have an effect on the game, be it score a goal or an assist. Um, and that's also something that we've kind of improved of improved in as a club. We've got a bit more quality on the bench, players who can come on and actually change the games. Um, mm. So hopefully this weekend uh, we can see him. I, I don't think he'll start personally, but um, at some point it will be good to have him on um, against, so I, against I saw you. I saw you smiling earlier on about Bonehead, Bonehead Lucas Mora. So I know you, you want to say something. So what's your what's your take on who's who... trying to air me out and about, about Lamella? I'll, I'll double down on that shit, man. Like that that guy against City always produces something. So, so you're gonna start him, yeah? It's one of those things. Um, I've got a feeling. <laughs> I've got a feeling we'll go with Lucas. But if if I saw Lamella start, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Is he even fit? That's that's the only that's the only thing that makes me question it. Um, last time we saw him, he was on a boot on a, he was in a boot on a bike. Shock. That, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know that those those Argentinian rehab programs like maybe he's back, maybe not. Um, mm. One of them is going to play though. Bell Bell won't Bell won't start this game. If he does, I think I think we've we've got a few issues because. We need someone to track back and protect Aurier. Um, and we also need a bit more energy in, in advanced positions so we don't just end up on the edge of our 18-yard box flinging bodies for 90 minutes. So, yeah, uh, either either Lucas or Lamella, they're, they're both pretty much the same player. One with a bit more bite to his game. Um, the you other one has a really, really long head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I wanted to, I wanted to um, focus now on on the striker the striker situation because obviously it's, it seems as as if Gabriel Jesus is gonna is probably gonna start for Man City. He scored a really good goal against Liverpool, but uh, what's you lot's take on on how much problems he can cause our defense this Sunday? Because when I look at Jesus, I look at a really good striker who can finish, who's got a bit of tech, but I just feel like. He doesn't have that air of authority at times on the pitch. And I feel like in terms of being sort of like a go-to game winner, I still don't, a consistent go-to game winner, I still don't see that fully in Jesus as much as I like him. What, what's, what's you lot's take on, on, on Jesus? You want me to go? I'll go. Um, Jesus, he's, um, he's improved a lot. I mean, if you look at him towards the end of last season against Real Madrid and things, he's harassing the defenders, going up against goalkeepers, winning things that shouldn't really be there. And I tell you, to be honest, this season, we're a totally different side with him. When we haven't got him, we we look, we look uh, lost up front. We just do. Even with Aguero, when he came back, I mean, we, he, we did look a bit better, but um, Sergio is getting to the end for, for, for him. You know, he's lost a little bit of pace and stuff, but, Jesus, whether he's going to be on Sergio level, he's a different player for me. I don't think he, anyone can get near Sergio at his prime. But um, look, listen, he's a, he's a young talent and he's playing direct up there on his own. He's harassing, he's, he's pressing high and um, that's the way we're going to play with Pep. So Pep obviously sees him as our main man in the future, I think. Uh, so yeah, he's he's playing well at the minute. I, I've got a feeling um, he'll, he'll score and I think he'll he'll score the winner. To be honest, I mean, he did score the winner last season, and it got cancelled out thanks to VAR. So that was that was brilliant. But um, yeah, but that VAR has come back and bit <laughs> you a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Rose, I'm going to come to you next before I go to, to before I go to Owen. So like Gabriel Jesus, I remember a game at Wembley that you lot won. I think you won it three one, and he tore the living daylights out of Davison Sanchez that night. He was rampant. <laughs> I'm just thinking, we're playing Alderweireld and Dyer on, on, on most likely on Saturday. Do you feel like he's the best? He 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 would be um, equipped to sort of give these two probably the toughest game that they've had as a duo this season. Mm, yeah, no, I, I think he will. Um, like we've seen, like in the last um, two matches that he's come back since um, injury. He's literally scored twice and I feel like he's just getting he's just getting back in like he's um groove now and I just expect him to, you know, cause your defense um so much um issues um this weekend. Um but I just feel like in this match he's gonna need help. 
Um, he's going to need the help of obviously Torres. He's going to need Torres to have a good game. He's going to need um, Sterling to also have a good game because I don't know what's going on with Sterling this season. I don't think he's been, you know, as great. So Jesus, I, I believe Jesus will score, like um, Steve said, but I just feel like City as a team need to have an exceptional game against Spurs in all, and that will help um, Jesus a lot. So... Yeah, like I expect, I expect um, Jesus to score, but as a team, we need to play well in order for that to happen. Yeah, there, there has been some criticism um, sort of lobbed at you lot this season because it seems like um, if Kevin De Bruyne doesn't play well and Sterling doesn't turn up, that's pretty much it for you. Like, yeah. I, think, I think in previous seasons where you had multiple weapons of attack, you had Jesus to come off the bench. You had Leroy Sane, you had Bernardo Silva when he's playing well, Riyad Mahrez when, they're pl- when he was playing well as well. But it's just this season, there seems to be a lack of um, a, a lack of threat, so to speak, uh, in your attack this season, which is quite odd considering you've still got so many top players. So it's yeah, a weird but, one. Oh, I just feel like when you look back at the old City side, like we had like Dzeko, we had Negredo, we've had Jopatic, we've had Aguero, we've had all of these like amazing forwards. And I feel like now we're just down to Jesus and, and Aguero, who's basically coming to the end of his career. So that's that's what I mean. Like we're short, we're so short in, you know, the, the forward option. Yeah, we, we still have exceptional players like Sterling and, you know, Torres, but we used to have so much more. That's that's the thing that like, we used to have so much more, and because you got spoke, that's why you had you yeah. had your cake and you ate it. That's why. Now yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> eating any cake this season. That's why. <laughs> and you can just see, like now, even though we've somewhat sorted out our defense going forward, we're still short, and yeah. it's it's just like a it's a bittersweet moment. Like we've sorted out the back, but we've kind of you know we need to sort out the front a bit more, in my yeah. opinion, yeah. I've, I've, I've got a quick question though. Who is going to be next on the list from City to miss a pen? Lloris, <laughs> the champion boy. Lloris is left. Who's going to beat it? Because <laughs> Kevin DeBoer <laughs> Who's going to take your penalties? Cancelo. I reckon Cancelo takes a mean penalty. No, I think De Bruyne is going to take a, the penalty again if we have one. Um, yeah. If Aguero doesn't start, yeah. Okay. You know the best penalty taker on our team, and Pep said it. Edison. 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 So, yeah. Edison. <laughs> Blast it. Okay. Uh, right. that, that might be our best opening for a goal on the counter, to be fair. So, so lads, um, specifically Owen, I'm coming to you on this. Um, so hey. we've got to talk about the big man up top, the, the man of the moment this season, Harry Kane. Um He's banging in form, but the guy just never seems to get it going against Man City. Like, I don't think he... I know he's had his injuries over the past, past couple of years, but I I think I have this right. Harry Kane's not scored against Man City since 2016. So, um, yeah, I think he hasn't scored against Man City since since 20, 2016. So, that's four years now. That's There's a fair couple... There's a fair few number of appearances. Right. Um, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah, he never he doesn't turn up against Man City. So, like, what are you expecting from our from our our main man, our main man in this game? Because obviously Laporte and Diaz, they look like they're striking up a a, a reasonable partnership now for Man City. So what are you yeah. expecting? I was thinking earlier, I think he um he might even be lucky just to come out the game on scape because those little areas he's gonna look to drop in, in between midfield and uh and defense are exactly where Man City like to kind of draw on those tactical fouls. So he's going to be dropping in those areas where Rodri, Diaz and uh, and I can't remember, Laporte, Jesus, will probably look to commit to him. And uh, if he doesn't get tactically fouled or whoever else, he'll be able to play someone in. If not, um, then yeah, he might get Fabian Delft again. Hopefully not. I don't even know why... Um, Jesus gets a lot of criticism, by the way. I thought he was Stockport's R9, to be fair. <laughs> You're right. No, if you're comparing the two, like, no, it's, Jesus is good. I don't fit him. With Kane, I don't know. I think he's going to be asked to play a certain role just to try and actually link our attacks because of how 
um, workmanlike, we're going to probably look to shape up a midfield. Uh, if anything, some will probably be our main game goal threat and Kane will probably bag a pen. Yeah. Uh, Tops, I'm going to come to you next on this. Um, I know we, we spoke about Man City and their over-reliance on Kevin De Bruyne and, um, and Raheem Sterling, but do you feel like we have, I know it's early on in the season, but do you feel like we have uh, a slight over, in fact, I'm understatement in the word slight, do you feel like we have an over-reliance on Son and Kane? Because I'm looking at our, 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 our scoring pattern outside of both those guys this season, and I'm, I'm looking at Lucas Moura, on one goal, Gareth Bale on one goal, Steven Bergwijn, zero goals, Le Celso, zero goals. So do you feel like uh, as much as Harry Kane needs to do it against Man City, surely the rest of our team also need to step up as well? Do you know what? Yeah. I think we might even be more the Harry Kane team than when Mourinho, um, Guardiola said before. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tops. No, like, I, I feel like this is something that we have we kind of accepted um, it in this sort of earlier early part of the season. Um, the way that we are playing, um, everything positive seems to go to those two guys. Um, and obviously, you know, the season is long. Suns had a very good October, you know, great player of the month. So to be able to look at these two guys and think, okay, every, anything that might be positive on Tottenham's side is probably going to come through them is expected. I think at this point, you know, they have such a good um, relationship on the pitch. Um, the chemistry between them seems to just, it seems to just work. Um, other players, like in the past, have had like quite good relationships with Kane and Son, players like Ali, players like Ericsson. Um, obviously, these, these, are the, these are the kind of guys that aren't there in the, at the moment. And obviously, because of the two players, those two players that play in attack so regularly, you know, they're probably the best players to sort of build any type of relationship especially in the attacking areas uh, for Tottenham. Um, I feel like there are some players that really do need to step up. I feel like players like Lucas, um, Lamella definitely need to step up. I feel like Bergwin cool. has started and he has given us goals, like the goal he scored last season against City. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like there's more onus on these, on these attacking players to sort of put in performances because, you know, there will be games where Kane and Son may not even register and um, there will be chances that will probably fall to these kind of guys and you kind of need them to really put them away or at least um, at least contribute in, in some way. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, guys, um, guys and lady, <laughs> I think it's time to do um, pre-match predictions now because I know we've spoken about the midfield, defence, attack, the managers, so... We got to do pre-match predictions now, um, Steve. I'm going to start with you. I know you're always every time I speak to this guy, he's so confident about Man City beating us. So I'm going to start with you. What's what's your what's your score prediction and why? I think it'll be a tight game. I think it will be a tight game. I think, um, like I said before, I think Jesus will get the winner. I think we'll we'll win one nil. Um, just hope there's no VAR cheating going on for you guys again, because that's you know still not got over that Champions League thing. <laughs> this guy's obsessed <laughs> cheating. Okay, oh, yeah. one more, yeah. You think you're gonna keep us? You're gonna draw us? Um, you're gonna keep us at bay at home? Would that defend? I do. I do. I think um, what tends to happen with us, we control ninety percent of games we're in. We always give the opposition are like a window where we seem to be under the cosh. But this season, I felt a little bit more confident. Like you say, I know the Leeds game and that, but we didn't get beat. Wolves, we've done enough. But with Diaz and that at the back, I've just got, a, I don't know, I've just got a feeling that it's going to be a bit cagey. And I think Jesus uh, on form, he'll take his chance. And I think we'll hold on. We might weather a bit of a storm, but we'll, we'll, we'll get the three points. Rose, you didn't sound so confident. You, you didn't sound as confident as Steve did. Um, there when we spoke about this at the start of the pod. What's your what's your predictions and what's the the rationale? Um, I'm not as confident as Steve. I'm going for a two two draw. Um, I think Spurs will score two. Um, I don't know if you watched the Liverpool match, but like in the first five minutes, yeah. literally the game had been over for us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Firmino, Jota. Just all Salah, Mane, literally, Edison saved us in like the first five minutes. Um, and then, then you had Kyle Walker obviously making that mistake. So even though our defence has improved, 
I still feel like Kane and Son, and obviously you guys are saying maybe Bell or Mora, I feel like they're just going to be too, like they're going to be too strong for us to keep a clean sheet. So I expect us to score a few, but I also expect you guys to score a few against against us as well. Fair enough. Owen? Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I've got the same feeling as well. It's, I think it's going to be a high screen game. Um, I feel like we'll probably score first and hopefully go on to win something like, I don't know, 4 1 or something like that. 4 1. Okay. 4 1. It's very efficient with our attacks. I think we'll get four shots, four on target, four goals. Jesus Christ. What? You better drug test him. That is. That is <laughs> that's not even, my whiskey. That, that's that's German. Someone come and save me. Four <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Top. I think we could see another repeat from against another Manchester team. Okay. So. Um, I think it will be tight. Uh, I do echo what Owen was saying earlier on. I feel like we know that City will have a lot of the ball, and I think the role that Kane will play will be maybe a little bit of a different one and I and I believe that, that Son will be our main outlet in terms of um, breakaways um, transitions counters um, I do believe that with Aurea in that defence Dyer in that defence there is always an individual error lurking um, but I do think we'll win I think we'll, be, I think we'll win 2-1 I think Son will score two. Um, he loves it. I think I think I think we'll nick it. Yeah, two one. Sai. All this all this talk of Jesus and stuff. Uh, it's sounding like Steve is hoping for an early Christmas present because I don't see him doing anything in this game. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, I don't see him as that much of a threat, and it will probably bite me in the bum, but. I think it will be quite an end-to-end game. Um, free two Spurs. Why not? Free Why two. not? Just an absolute like shit show of defence and just a masterclass in us eating our dinner. Christmas dinner at White Hart Lane. Mate. <laughs> I'm all for it, mate. Just every single chance hits the back of the net, as Owen, Owen said. It's um, such a crucial game. So, as in, I feel like City are the favourites for the league. If we win this... We can actually start accepting more smoke for our own title challenge, and this is the way. This is the way. Whoa, this is the now. Did you just say title challenge? <laughs> I knew it. I also I quoted wow. the Mandalorian for this is the Listen, way. But I'm phoning the police. The, get the police round there. Sort him out. Four you don't want to come down to challenge. these ends. This country ends. If we win this game, if we win this game, my title challenge talk from the tail end of last season is going full throttle and I'm coming for Steve straight away. I think City City are a better team than us, but there's just been so much juju for us in the last few games. So I I just feel it. I just feel it. The thing is, uh, for me, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win 2-1. But my only worry, in addition to that defence, is just karma because... I feel like last season we got away with murder against Man City. Like oh, we were, got peppered. We we had no we had no right to win those games that game that we we won. We had no right to score two goals in that in that in that initial fixture at the Etihad, and yet we got we came out unbeaten. So I'm a firm believer in karma, and I always feel like whatever you <laughs> whatever whatever you you whatever you take. Um, I mean, whatever you put towards others, you're going to receive. And I really don't want it to be the case on Sunday. But that aside, I'm going for us for, to win 2-1. I feel like Harry Kane, enough is enough now. You need to burst that net behind Edison. Mm. I, need, I need him to back. We beat these lot in must-win games a lot, though. What's that? We beat them in must-win games a lot. Peter Crouch. We do, we do. We do. It's true. It's southerner mentality. Ericsson and VAR, like... We always find a way, so there we go. Yeah, we always get the we always get the trophies in the I end, though. You're gonna say this? Yeah, we do. <laughs> you can have them. You can have them small victories when you like the last game of the season, bored, and we're running around pitches celebrating trophies where, and stuff. But where was where was this where was this talk when you got dumped out in the Champions League, bro? 
Which time? We all know that. Yeah, we all know you cheated. Stone. Which time? Who's out of the competition? Get out of here. You didn't cheat. You had your opportunity to beat us at all. But listen, listen, it doesn't matter because, listen, we all know what happened. We, you didn't do anything. You never won anything. So all it's right. all water under the bridge. You got okay, exactly you know, the same you know, as us. You know, nothing. You've, you've given your prediction. So you said 1 0, Rose. You said 2 2, Owen 4 1, Tops 2 1, Cy 3 2, and me 2 1. So it's going to be interesting to see, to see how the game sort of pans out this weekend. One thing is for sure, though, if we win, I'm pamming you lots phones. I swear to God. I'm pamming you on, <laughs> no I'm problem. Pamming you on Twitter, Rose. And I'm Steve. I'm I'm breaking your phone. I I, I swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking your phone. And on the flip side, if we don't win, I'm putting my phone in airplane mode. So you can't you can't contact me. So, <laughs> but um, it's been really good having you both on. Um, no problem. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I think we put a tweet up for listener questions. Is anyone has anyone got any? There's that- one that I found um, from a fan. There's one from at um, at Owen Sorrel. Will Edison save a shot on target this game? I hope so. <laughs> he's, been a, he's been a bit dodged this season, hasn't he? No, Edison's dodgy oh, yeah. anyway. You know what he's like. He's crazy. Yeah, he's a bit mad. He's <laughs> definitely a bit mad. Yeah. Just a little smiley face. And listen, don't forget, when we played Man United under Mourinho, on, it, it was Edison that threw a, 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 a carton of milk at Mourinho and hit him right in the face in the dressing room. Seriously? So there what? might be a bit of afters as well. When was this? <laughs> when the, well, United wouldn't let the Amazon Prime um, people in the dressing room, but obviously, my mates in there, and it all kicked off. Google it. They kicked off in the dressing room, and Mourinho come in, said, "Show some respect," because the City players were ballooning, and Edison threw a carton of milk, hit him in the face, and the only player that stuck up for him was Lukaku, and uh, yeah, it was all a bit of a bit of a scrap went on there. But yeah, so Mourinho and Edison, they've got history involving milk. Oh, we're winning this game. <laughs> what was that talk about karma earlier? That's all we needed. Okay, well, I think if, if there's no more, if there's no more questions, I think we can end, we can end the podcast here. Uh, Rose, Steve, thank you for coming on. I would okay. say I wish you good luck, but I wish you the worst of luck this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. been a pleasure having you both on. Sai, uh, <clears throat> Tops, Owen, it's been brilliant as always. Let's hope we get the W. Otherwise, I'm not showing my face. This weekend so spurs don't ruin my weekend and if you're still listening make sure to follow us on at touchline fracker on twitter on instagram look out <coughs> for this pod and all the other uh, pods as well and we'll be back next week take care on debut on Dombele has scored the equalizer for spurs Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! Podcast Network.